words evangelical and fundamentalist often rub people the wrong way. But what do they really mean? In today's episode, we're going to learn exactly that. Here's Pastor David. Why is it that society and culture have look on people who are serious about the scriptures with that kind of disdain to where there's so much embarrassment about it with people? I'll tell you why. Because the Bible is a sword, okay? It cuts. Listen, Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The Bible is truth. It is naked, blinding truth. And it contains the word of God and it brings accountability and it brings judgment along with grace. But people don't like that. We don't like accountability and judgment. None of us like that. So one of the projects, the big projects of the devil and of many, many people has been to attempt to undermine the scripture. People have attempted to destroy the witness of the Holy Spirit through the scripture in many ways, in many ways. They've tried to question the truthfulness of the scripture. It's just not true, right? Uh, they've accused the scriptures of being inconsistent. They've claimed the scriptures are not original or have been translated over and over, so we can't really know what they say. And ultimately, and maybe most effectively, all that stuff out, they have accused those who seek to live in obedience to God by following the scriptures of being uncool, old-fashioned, and downright dumb. So you have to overcome that if you're going to be serious about the scriptures. Then we have those who we've been talking about for a while, the progressive Christians, right? Those who hold some or all of those beliefs that we've been walking through and studying over the last several weeks in this White Lies and Half-Truths series. They claim they do like the scriptures, but they make lots of the same claims that the people who are enemies of the scriptures make. We read last week about this woman, remember, who, who interviewed uh, the famous atheist Christopher Hitchens. And she was all too happy to say, oh, I love the Bible. I got my grandma's Bible at home um, and I still read it and, and I love it. But she didn't actually believe the scriptures were literally true. It was like, there's a metaphorical sense of floaty, bubbly, whatever, right? That was kind of her thing. And Hitchens' response, remember, was this. This is what Hitchens said. I would say that if you don't believe that Jesus of Nazareth was a Christ and Messiah, and that he rose again from the dead, and by his sacrifice our sins are forgiven, you're not really in any meaningful sense a Christian. If she doesn't believe that the Bible is true and stand by it, what is she doing calling herself a Christian? Even an atheist could see that. But progressive Christians often do that. They do just that. Oh, I love the Bible. I just don't follow it or believe the things that it says. And it's like, well, I'm not sure that word love means what you think it means. They want to retain the scriptures for what they want them to say, but they want to reject the scriptures where they disagree with them. Who doesn't, right? Who doesn't? That's the problem. That's why we need the scriptures. In the first place, we need the scriptures because they show us our failures and the places where we would like them to say something different. And the scriptures come up against us and push up against us and transform us. We need them to do that. We, if we're transforming them, they're not transforming us. It's not happening. Pharisees in Jesus' time did something similar. They saw what they wanted to see in the scriptures, but they missed the whole point. 
All the things in the scriptures that made them more kind of powerful and important and, and made them kind of important in the marketplace and walk around with the nice clothes and people say, oh, rabbi, teacher. All of those things about the scripture they liked, but they missed the entire point that the whole scripture is about Jesus because they saw what they wanted to see. John 5, 39 through 40. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but these are they which testify of me, Jesus says but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. All the scriptures, they loved the scriptures. If anybody loved the scriptures, it was the Pharisees, according to them. And yet they were the ones who most missed the scriptures, that they were about Jesus and they refused to recognize him and to follow God when he came. They were unwilling to follow and obey Jesus Christ. And the whole Bible that they say they love is about Jesus from the beginning to the end, the whole thing. They don't want Jesus as Lord. They want themselves as Lord. That's the problem with the Pharisees. That's the problem with progressive Christianity. And that can be the problem for us sometimes. It's not just them. We can be that way too. Progressive Christianity is sort of an attempt to keep the scriptures in name only, but have none of the substance. Now it's easy and popular to be a progressive Christian because you can call yourself a Christian and still get along with the world completely. Pretty easy way to go. And I want to talk about a couple of words that progressive Christians associate with people like you and me and that they want to stay as far away from as they can possibly stay. Okay? One of those words is the word evangelical. In fact, there's now a term called exvangelical. That's cute, right? I used to be an evangelical, but I'm smart now. That's what it means. Um, to let them know, to let people know that you've moved beyond, you've progressed beyond evangelicalism. The other word is fundamentalist. It just sounds bad, doesn't it, to be called a fundamentalist? You're a fundamentalist. Let me just tell you, I put the fun in fundamentalist, okay? <laughs> they don't want to be associated with that term. Let me help you understand what these words mean, and you can decide for yourself whether they're bad things or not. Evangelical is a word that comes from the Greek, it's a word that basically means good news or the gospel. Evangelicals are people who believe in the gospel. That's what evangelicals are. Normally that means an emphasis on trying to see people come to know Jesus, to get saved, baptized, and follow him with their lives. That's, that's generally what evangelical has always meant as a word, okay? There are lots of people who have now started to use that word to describe all kinds of groups uh, of people, or even, or even they use it in a political sense, evangelicals as some sort of a voting block or something like that. Uh, but that's not what the word evangelical means or should mean. According to its normal meaning, every serious Christ follower should be an evangelical, which is to say, believe in the gospel and proclaiming the gospel. Everyone who follows the Great Commission, that verse that's out there on the wall, is the evangelical. Listen, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. By the way, if you, want, if you don't have a Bible, they're in those, you can see them in the seats in front of you. If you don't have one at home, feel free to take one of those home with you as our gift. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's evangelical right? Make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey Christ. That's evangelical. 
If you think the Great Commission applies to you, you are an evangelical. The rest of the meanings applied to that term by the world should not change the real meaning of the word. The evangelical has nothing to do with politics or style of worship. It has to do with the good news, the gospel. That's what it's about. The gospel of Jesus Christ, that people can be saved from their sins, forgiven and free and have everlasting life. That's what it's about. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you bet I'm an evangelical. In, terms of, in the terms that I just explained, I am. And all of us should be. Now, fundamentalism, a little difference, defined by Merriam-Webster online as a movement in 20th century Protestantism emphasizing the literally interpreted Bible as fundamental to Christian life and teaching. B, it says, the beliefs of this movement, and C, it says, adherence to such beliefs. At its most basic, fundamentalism is belief in the fundamentals, right? In the fundamentals. If you, if you uh, believe that things are what they say they are, right? If you believe in the fundamentals, for instance, let's just say you have a cookbook, okay? You're doing a recipe, and in the cookbook it says, two cups of sugar. You need to put in two cups of sugar. Now, if you believe what, what the cookbook means is, you need to put in two cups of sugar, you're a fundamentalist. Now, if you believe that two cups of sugar is actually, that the recipe is actually some sort of a metaphor for the failings of modern corporate systems and whatever, then you're not a fundamentalist. Then you're bringing crazy different interpretations to things and you don't believe in the fundamentals. But most people are fundamentalists. Whether they understand that or not, most people believe that there are fundamentals, standards for what they believe. Fundamentalists believe in fundamentals. They believe that there are actually standards, objective and important standards. That the river's got banks. The water doesn't just flow wherever it wants to flow. Okay? Some people want to get rid of that kind of thing because they want to say, who, who's really right? Who, who can really say who's right? There's so many people that believe so many different things. My answer is, yes, there are so many people who believe so many different things. And some of them are right and some of them are wrong. That's what a fundamentalist believes. They believe in the scriptures. They believe in what they say. That is to say that fundamentalists interpret the Bible literally. We interpret the Bible literally. Now, Lord willing, in just a minute, I'm going to explain what I mean by literally. But if fundamentalism is, is taking the Bible and what it says seriously, then I guess I'm a fundamentalist. Okay? But I'm not so much really an evangelical or a fundamentalist. I'm a Christ follower. The other things are just labels that people put on things. As a Christ follower, I believe that the Bible is true. Everything in it is true. Words that we use like evangelical or fundamentalist or whatever that we used to label people tend to harm people. They don't tend to help. They tend to get really confused over time and we don't know what they mean and they tend to hurt rather than help. So I'm not big on the labels. As far as these two labels that are very disliked, especially among progressive Christians, um, I don't need them. You don't need them. I don't really care about them. What I do care about is what they mean, which is that I believe in the gospel and want to proclaim the gospel, and I want to live it out. That I believe in the scripture, that I want to teach the scripture, that I want to live it out. Those are things that are important. Some evangelicals or fundamentalists may say things that they should not say. And so what happens is they go, look at this person who claims to be a evangelical fundamentalist Christian. He said, usually he, he said this thing. And they go, see, that's what fundamentalists believe. The fact that a person who calls themselves something says something does not mean that all those other people are also that thing, okay? Uh, let me give you an example, okay? Um, I am a man, but that doesn't mean that I'm a plumber. But you say, wait a second, some plumbers are men. 
so all men must be plumbers. No, that's the kind of stuff that happens, right? One evangelical fundamentalist is a bigot or is a this or is a that. Therefore, they all are. No, because that thing has nothing to do with what evangelicalism or fundamentalist or Christ following or Christian means. But that's what people try to do with labels. So be careful with that, but also don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Progressive Christians tend to be more motivated in saving people from evangelicalism and fundamentalism than saving people from hell. Mostly because a lot of them don't believe in hell. But that seems to be their thing. You won't find many progressive Christians actually evangelizing to see people get saved. But you'll see a lot of them evangelizing to pull people out of Bible-believing churches and into something different. Now, both people who would call themselves evangelicals and people who would call them fundamentalists have this one core thing that is what I actually want to talk about today, and that is this view of the scriptures that we talked about, right? Believing the word of God. Believing what the scriptures say. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We believe that at Acts Church. Here's our written belief on the Bible taken from our website. The Bible. We affirm that the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, though written by men, was supernaturally inspired and written by God through men, so that all its words are written are the written and true revelation of God. It is therefore inerrant in the original documents and completely authoritative. So, let's deal with a couple of issues. And this is really part B from last week. So if, you're, if you really want to understand everything I'm saying, you weren't here last week, you probably need to go back online and watch that one because I kind of walked through why we're talking about this. But a couple of things. The validity of Scripture and then how to interpret the Bible. Okay? And I'm kind of going to go kind of short with both. But there are many misconceptions about the Bible about whether this is actually something true that really has come to us in its original form, and so on. There's a guy named uh, Kurt Eichenwald. And in a Newsweek article in December of 2014, he wrote this. No television preacher has ever read the Bible. Neither has any evangelical politician, neither has the Pope. Neither have I, and neither have you. At best, we've all read a bad translation, a translation of translations of translations, of hand-copied copies of copies of copies of copies, and on and on, hundreds of times. That's what he says about the Bible in Newsweek. And this is a fairly common misconception among mostly undereducated internet trolls. That's where you see this mostly. Just being honest, that's where you see it mostly. I'm not surprised, though, that it ended up being printed in, in a mainstream magazine like Newsweek because when people say something enough, even on the internet, people start to believe it, right? And so let me just set the record straight about some things. When you read the Bible, you are not reading a bad translation. In fact, the translations, if you have uh, one of the uh, normal versions, the NKJV, the ESV, the ISV, those types of things, if you have one of those... Uh, um, versions, you have a very, very good translation. And it's not a translation from a translation from a translation from a translation. It is a single translation into English from the original languages of the Bible. That's how it's done. This is not like, well, we'll take the new King James is not, I'll take the old King James and make it. The, no, it's a new translation. I, what happens is this. English, I don't know if you've noticed this, but words tend to change meanings over time, right? There was a time when saying something like, like the word gay meant happy, right? I don't remember what it means now, but it, it meant something different 
back then, right? There's a lot of words like that. And so what you see is over time, from time to time, we do new translations from the biblical languages to English because English is changing some, right? But they're not translations of a different English translation. They're translations from the original language. So when you have one of these Bibles, like one of the ones in the seats here, you have an original translation from the original languages. That's what we have. There's no translations of translations. That's just not true. Just false, okay? Um, as far as hand copies, where he talks about copies, that's true. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, it's a real problem. I wish that the apostles would have used a typewriter, but they weren't invented until the 1800s, and so all they could do was handwrite. So they're bad, but that's what they did, right? And because that's the only way <coughs> they could do it, they were actually very, very careful about it. Very, very careful about it. We have more attestation, okay, proof, which is to say manuscripts, copies of the original documents of these. Okay, so you have the originals. The originals are gone. Nobody has the actual page that John wrote his gospel on because they wrote on things like animal skin and things like that, and those things are gone. You know, decomposition, things like that happen. But Right away, those things were copied and copied and copied and copied from the originals. And we have literally thousands and thousands and thousands of those early copies. In fact, Clay Jones says, the New Testament remains in a class by itself. It is by far the most attested ancient work. By far. When you read the Iliad or the Odyssey by Homer, you pretty much think what you're reading is what was written. And you're probably right. It's probably pretty close to the original. But the Iliad, which is the second most, the, the, the book out there that has the second most number of copies, doesn't even come close to the number of copies that the New Testament has. Okay? And so we read all kinds of ancient documents, from Aristotle to Pliny the Elder, etc., and we assume they're pretty accurate, and they probably are, even though none of the originals of those exist. There are no original documents like that from that time. Okay? Um, of any of these these books that I'm talking about. But the number of the New Testament manuscripts and the closeness in time from when they were first written down to being copied and so on, it's it's so ridiculously more significant than any other ancient writing that there is no question that what you have in this Bible is accurate. It is accurate. Everybody believes that, whether, whether they're, and I'm talking about scholars, not internet trolls. Scholars, whether they're Christians, atheists, whatever, they admit, they agree. Even Bart Ehrman, who's all, you know, against the Bible and whatever, went from, he's an ex-evangelical, I think. Anyway, he's against, but he would still tell you that what you have here in this book is accurate. That there is not one issue of theological importance, of faith and practice, of whatever, that has been not brought to us from what was there originally written down. So when somebody says, oh, no one's ever read the Bible, eh, that's just not true. You are reading the Bible, the accurate Bible, when you read this. Now you're reading it in English. Obviously it's a, it's a translation from the original languages to English, but you are reading the Bible accurately. It's just not true. Don't listen to people who say things like that, or if they do, show them the 800 PhDs that are biblical studies uh, professors who will say, that's ridiculous. The Bible is the most well-attested ancient book, period. 
What an encouragement to know that our Bibles are accurate and true. I hope you'll join us next time for much more. Until then, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or really anything else, give us a call, 360-885-9000, or send us an email, info at axchurchnw.org. Always great to have you with us, and we'll look for you next time for more with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.